Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry to help you do church better. I'm your co-host, John Ronaldo, and I'm joined here in his hotel room, I think, Chris Wesley. Where are you and what are you up to right now? I am in San Antonio uh, at the annual membership meeting. Um, and just to clear, clarify, John is in my room, but he's in my computer in my room. So it's not like, it's not <laughs> like I invited John to come to my room, which this sounds creepy. But anyway, I'm at the annual membership meeting in San Antonio, uh, Texas. Uh, and for those people who aren't familiar, the annual membership meeting is uh, for the National Federation of Catholic Youth Ministry. It's basically uh, um, a chance for all the members, organizational, associate, diocesan, and so forth, to come together and talk about the state of uh, youth ministry, uh, to collaborate on projects like NCCYM, NCYC, um, certification, um, you know, uh, working with other organizations, things along those lines. And so there's a lot of like, uh, this is like, Someone was saying, what would be the difference between AMM and NCCYM, which is National Catholic uh, Conference of Catholic Youth Ministry? And the way that I would clarify it is NCCYM is where you go as a lay ecclesial minister to get your cup filled. AMM is where you go to pour that out, right? So um, if you want your voice heard, if you want to have a say and a stake in the state of youth ministry in this country, uh, then you and this sounds like a sell, but you should become an, a member and come to the um, annual membership meeting. Um, and if you aren't there yet, there's nothing wrong with that, um, but you should get fed. And that's why you should go to uh, the National Catholic um, Conference of uh, National Conference of Catholic Youth Ministry, um, which will be held in December 10th, uh, 10th through the 12th in uh, New Orleans. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that John joins us. I mean, you know, hopefully, uh, Rich will allow you to, to <laughs> travel along this time, but anyway, uh, I'm I'm on house arrest for this week. I had yeah, to yeah, yeah. While he was while John's he... not enough of a mover and shaker to be at this meeting. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, but John, uh, so uh, you know, I mentioned one of the things that um, being a member uh, we talk about is certification, and you know, on this show we've talked a lot about professional development, and we've talked about. Um, you know, hard skills and soft skills, uh, ways of growing in our human and intellectual pastoral um, and spiritual formation. But uh, when it comes to certification, um, what exactly does that mean? Or, or, or better yet, can you provide for our listeners an example of like what, why organizations or industries would have the certification? <clears throat> Yeah, for, for years, the U.S. bishops and all the national organizations, so uh, the NCCL, the National Catechetical, uh, National Conference of Catechetical Leaders, NFCYM, which is the youth ministry, uh, a lot of the national organizations have gotten together to work with the USCCB to create a certification process that really develops the competencies of uh, lay leaders specifically in the field of ministry. And so uh, it's not just like a simple little certificate. You do a two-hour course type of thing, but it's a very comprehensive process where you're uh, fulfilling certain requirements in terms of the competencies. And you may know some of the competencies better than I am, but, but the whole idea around the certification, Chris, is really about let's continue to professionalize the field 
of ministry in general, not just youth ministry, but, but all, all ministry uh, professionalized by providing this professional certification process that is recognized nationwide, that is recognized and supported and run by the <clears throat> United States Catholic Conference of Bishops, as well as all these other national organizations. Uh, and there, of course, are emphasis with that, right? So if there's some standard core types of things that you would do as part of your competency certification, but there's also areas, if you're in youth ministry, you focus on youth ministry. If you're in more uh, children's ministry, catechetical ministry, you focus more there. If you're in liturgy, et cetera. And so um, <clears throat> that's just really a high level understanding of that. Um, I'll, I'll do some I'll take a look at where put some links on the show notes, Chris, so that people want to, if they want to do a little more research on certification, uh, we'll point you to some, uh, some websites that you can go to. You just go to the churchpodcast.org and you'll look on episode 120 and you'll see some notes on there about uh, some websites that you could check a little bit more about certification. So uh, I appreciate that. And one of the things I want to give people heads up on is when I brought this subject to John, he said he had some pretty strong feelings about certification um, and I, I, we didn't go into it because I, I was like, let's just save it for the show. Um, but the reason I wanted to bring it up is, um, at AMM, I just, I came from a breakout meeting where they talked about the lay ecclesial ministry certification and, um, you know, interesting things kind of popped up and, uh, and then also like my wife, uh, Kate, which, uh, I, I talk about her quite a bit here, um, is a human resource guru and she is a part of an organization called SHRM. Uh, which is the Society of Human Resource Management. I, I believe that's what it stands for. So if you believe I'm wrong, reach out to John and tell him. Uh, but uh, <laughs> basically, um, she's a part of a certification process. And I'm constantly amazed, John, by the things that she needs to do to keep her certification. And we'll talk about like why you should be certified. But the thing I like about a certification is it, it, it's a little bit of a carrot to encourage professional growth, right? And professional development. It's also um, a way of uh, qualifying a, and creating value around a certain position, right? Because if I'm going through certification and in order to keep that certification, I need to um, read certain books, attend webinars, conferences, etc. Then that means I'm growing and staying ahead in my field. And if I'm staying ahead in my field, that means I am going to be a value to whatever organization or church I work for because I'm going to bring the best that there is. And, and so, uh, you know, and so certification enables us to do that. Um, it's a, it, it is a method, maybe not the only method, but it is a method to continue to bring value to a profession and encourage growth. And, and not that marathon youth ministries, um, looking at developing a certification, but you know, that's why like we exist, right? And, and is because we want to develop uh, lay ecclesial ministers, specifically youth ministers and DREs, uh, so that parishes, the parishes that John works with can hire the best possible, you know, youth ministers and DREs out there. So those are my brief and initial thoughts. I'm gonna save some of my other thoughts and reactions to what John's about to say. John, <laughs> when you say I have a strong reaction to certification, what is that? Go for it, man, go for it. <laughs> well, first of all, I wanna agree with you. It's really about the prof professionalizing the field of ministry. Uh, and we kind of remember the history is that lay ministry in the church is fairly new, historically speaking, when you look at 
when you look at the 2000 year history of the church and so much of what we did in ministry was done by religious orders and priests and whatnot, it's only in the last 50, 60 years that there's been, uh, again, this is a high generalization, right? But there's been this intentional push of developing lay leaders. And that is a result of Vatican II documents. And it continues to move forward with uh, co-workers in the vineyard, with a, which was a 2005 bishop's document about how clergy and lay people work together in the field. And now what you're hearing, the big term that you're hearing a lot, I was just in a diocese in the Midwest, who's the bishops using this term a lot, is the idea of co-responsibility that the mission of the church is, is that we are co-responsible for it, meaning clergy and laity. And so this professionalism, I think, is really important, right? A youth minister is, is not somebody that's just someone who could do fun and games and have great relationships with kids, for instance, right? You know, it's so much more than that. Now, if you want to have that attitude, if that's what a youth minister is, or that's what a children's minister is, well, then you can go ahead. But I will challenge you that you're wrong in thinking that that way. That, and, and this is part of that continual push. How do we professionalize the field of ministry? Uh, whether you're a liturgist, whether you're a children's ministry, whether you're a youth minister, whether you're a business manager, whether you're a pastoral associate, that this is not just something we do uh, because it's a little hobby, but this is not a vocation and it's a career. And so that's where I'm a big, I'm a big fan of, of what certification is trying to do in terms of professionalizing the field and also uh, that personal and professional growth that you were talking about, Chris. I think that's mm -hmm. so essential. That's just a life skill. You know, I don't care what field you're in. Professional growth, learning, growing, reading books, listening to good podcasts like like this one, right? Mm -hmm. You know, are, are part of our growth efforts to get better in the field, right? So that we can continue to add value to whatever organization that we're a part of, a diocese, a church, a business, whatever it may be, a nonprofit, whatever it may be. That's our job. As a professional minister, our job is to add value to our organization, our church, and, and to feed people who, who are seeking Christ. Okay, so that's why I, I'm a big fan of the certification process in the sense that we're trying to continue to professionalize it. So the certification processes have been going on for as long as I remember. I, some, you know, someone like Kathy Guller in the Diocese of Buffalo probably knows a little bit better, you know, can give you a lot better history than I can about it. But this has been a work for a long, long time. These national organizations of the bishops trying to create these competencies. And I think there's a really, really good effort around these types of things. However, here, here's ultimately my, I, I think there's a lot of good things that can come out of certification, but here's ultimately my issue. Uh, my, one of my concerns with certification process. The process has been too cumbersome. Uh, you know, for a lot of folks, I have watched people try to work through the journey of certification and really be unsuccessful in that process. Uh, there's been, again, this is more anecdotal. This is more subjective. Okay. And I understand that. Right. But I hear stories like, I just don't have the guidance to walk me through the process. Right. And then, and so they go through this process and then they get rejected, you know, in terms of certification, then they try to renew or, or redo and then they get rejected again. And, and there's not really a good understanding why. Okay. So I think that's part of it. How do we walk people through and really support them in the certification process? But then what does the certification bring long-term? Okay. So there's the personal stuff. Absolutely agree. Certification is going to help you out hundred percent. What about externally? Who recognizes certification? Yes, it, the bishops, it's a bishop thing. It's a national organization. But is your pastor 
you know, understanding what the certification is and does it, does your pastor value it? Does, does your vicar general at the diocese understand it and value it? And what I say, would individual bishops uh, understand it and value it? And what does it get you? Okay. So there's the, the professional growth piece of it, which is personal, which is internal, which is good. And then there's, there's the external, what does it get you? So my concern is, again, it's really twofold, is it's a cumbersome process that I don't think we've fully figured out yet. How do we walk people through that journey? And Chris, you may know better how many people nationally are certified. Uh, it's been quite a few years since I've seen that in numbers. Uh, but then the second piece is, is, do people in the field who are managing leaders who are getting certified, do they even know the certification exists? Do they think it's valuable and does are they willing to support it? Is there maybe more pay that comes with it? Is there maybe more prestige that comes with it? And, and those are just some of my big questions that haven't been answered for me. And so I'll be totally honest with you. I think there's value in it, but I'm not 100% sold yet. But I know this is a continuing effort and you were in a meeting. And so maybe Chris, you can shed some light on kind of where we are at today as we record this in 2020 with national certification and what your thoughts are. Oh man, I wish I could share more with you. And it's not because I'm kept a secrecy, but like, you know, what you just expressed or articulated is uh, where a lot of people are. And so part of me is wondering, you know, why hasn't someone taken the lead, right? Like who is the certification general who's storming into the field of youth ministry or ministry, lay ecclesial ministry, and saying like, these are the standards like not just these are the standards because they exist, but this is the why, and this is what happens, you know. And and I think there's a lack of a lack of um, uh, of success stories out there. Like we either haven't recognized them or they just don't exist to say that this is necessary. But like, you know, I, I, I'm assuming, and, and and tell me if you agree or disagree with this. That um, you know, we um, for like there is value to certification, but right now the way that we're doing it in the church is, is not of value. Is that, is that fair to say? I would say it's unproven right now. Unproven. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's unproven. We haven't seen, like you mentioned success stories. We haven't seen right. the success stories. We haven't seen the wins and, and, and it's messy. And I mean this in a good way. It's messy because it's multiple organizations who are involved on this, who are all on equal footing, right? You know, it's not just one organization, but it's multiple national organizations, which are basically peers, you know, and they're trying to figure that all out and negotiate all that as well. And so, so I just think it's unproven as of this point in time from my point of view. And, and, yeah. and there may be people out there listening to this who may totally disagree with me, who may be much more involved in certification and, by all means, I'd love to hear a little bit more from that, but that's my point of view personally. Yeah, you know, and and that no, I I would agree with that. I would agree with that. That um, right now it doesn't hold value. I mean, because hey, I'll use myself as an example. I am a like information sponge guru junkie, however you want to call it. Like, uh, how many conferences do I go to to learn? How many books am I reading? How many webinars and things like that do I attend? And I'm doing it not for a certification, but for myself. But the question is then, you know, why am I not doing that? Why am I not doing those things within the, the umbrella of the current lay ecclesial ministry um, certification process? And I think it's like you said before, John, when I've looked at it, it's, it's pretty cumbersome, you know, it's kind of like, all right, 
what's being asked of me is is maybe a little bit more than I can handle. So I think there it has to be simplified. Um, I think um, you know what we have to look at to bring it value uh, to say like that this really is worth it is not just success stories, um, but we have to look at other successful stories within the within ministry, but look at other organizations where certification does happen and it's done well, right? You know, to say that um, not only do certain organizations hire people that are certified, but the certified employees are, they're more successful ones, they're more efficient ones, they're more effective ones, they're more professional ones, the ones they're dealing less with. Mm-hmm. So that's where we, we, we need to look. Yeah. And I think, I think you're 100% right. And, and what are the tangible results? But here's the other thing. When we talk about the idea of it's cumbersome, it, it's like, you know, when you look at the certification standards and process, it's like a three-year independent study. What do I mean by that? Is it's, it's self-guided. So that's good because you could take ownership of, of how you go about it, right? Because it gives you, the certification process gives you generalizations of what types of things that you can take. But really, you have, as the person is going through the process, you have a lot of room for interpretation in terms of what workshops or what courses or what professional development you're doing that kind of fits into the category. So that's good and bad. It's good because you've got more control over that. It's bad because it, I think in some senses, it doesn't give you enough guidance, right? And that's what I mean by it's a, like a three-year-long independent study. You know, it's just like, well, I'm going to do this and, and hope that fits. But, you know, what often ends up happening is not to you submit everything in the end that you discover, oh, this XYZ professional development program I did actually does not fit into that competency. And so that's where I go back to this idea of the guidance, you know, that that is necessary. Uh, You know, having people take ownership and have it be independent study is good. But if there are specific requirements that you're looking for, then I think part of the national certification process has to provide more specific things that, that people need to do and actually recommend webinars or workshops or classes or whatever to kind of give people some guidance because some people, some people are self-starters, no problem. You know, they're going to run mm-hmm. with it. Many people aren't. I mean, you know, they can self-start to a point, but to self-start this for three years, you know, can be, I think, a challenge. And I just use three years. Obviously, the certification process varies. But this, again, it goes back to that this is not a quick certification process, that this is a lengthy lengthy endeavor for people to go on. And I think people really have to really discern and think about what the value is for them personally and then also for their ministry. Yeah, yeah. And, and maybe though certification needs to be annual um, opposed to three years or, or two years so that like um, you don't lose steam and you're always kind of thinking about it. But uh, again, those are decisions that, you know, John and I could be at the table for. Um, we're not necessarily some some of those things are out of our control. And so it might be like, OK, why are we talking about this? I, I, I The reason I wanted to talk about certification is because I think we really need to start looking at the value of our positions um, and uh, the value of like each person on our staff, because Let's face it, John, you probably see this more than I do. How many churches do you go to um, when you first start working with them? And they're like, we've got all these people on staff and I'm not really sure what they're bringing, right? I'm not really sure what they bring to the table. And so at some point their position was important or at some point that person was effective, but because the ministry or the parish or the leadership has changed, 
um, it becomes a little bit muddled. And so um, not that a person's wasted space, but that position may not be relevant or ap applicable or that person in that position might not be uh, effective anymore. And so a certification kind of helps us hold accountable to that. But in the end too, we have to look at the value of our positions and why they matter. Yeah, I think that's pretty normal. I think that often happens is, is we've talked about hiring before and we rush hiring process and we don't hire the right people. And, and I think that's always an analysis that people have to make in terms of, you know, what do they bring to the table, right? Uh, you know, but in terms of the certification, again, it's about that professional development. When you're looking to hire somebody, for instance, you want a, one of the attitudes that you want is somebody who's willing to grow and learn. If they're not willing to grow and learn, you don't want them, right? What certification does is tells you that this is someone who's willing to learn and grow, who's willing to go be above and beyond their job description, what's necessary to kind of become better in their role. That's a real powerful thing. Now, certification is not the only way that people it, it can show that, but that's certainly one way. But, but I'll say this, Chris, given how much time and energy that certification uh, takes, I often recommend to folks, look, if you're seriously discerning going this route, that means you're, you're committed to your vocation in ministry, you're committed to your job, you know, uh, that this is not a short-term thing, that this is a long-term thing. In the, this Catholic world, you may want to also discern a graduate degree, mm. right? You know, so, and I think, I, think, I think that's a fair discernment to have. Would I go through a national certification process or would I go through looking to get a graduate degree of some sort of master's of theology or pastoral ministry or something along those lines, right? You know, uh, and we've done an episode on discerning master's degrees before and I'll, we'll link to that again on the show notes so you can take a look at the discernment process that Chris and I had about that conversation. But I think that's a real a real comparison because here's here's what I do know as somebody who has two graduate degrees uh it the graduate degree by far is valued across the board like you you mm. uh, people will hire you just because you have a graduate degree now that's also not a good reason to hire people like there has to be a good reason right you know they need to have the other skills right but across the board it's recognized as valuable and oftentimes diocesan structures include that or consider these graduate degrees as part of the pay scales and things like that. And so that's where I'm seeing her going, look, if you're going to spend three years during the certification process, why don't you consider three years in a master's program? Right. Is it going to maybe cost you a little bit more? Yeah, probably. But is it going to provide more value to you both for your professional growth and kind of the tangible outward results? I, I think so. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's good. It's something that we have to debate. It's something that we have to um, definitely look at and, and definitely uh, develop um, in order to just, yeah, continue to progress uh, the field of ministry. Um, so until everyone figures out what to do with certification, John, um, what are some ways that for those of us who are not self-starters, what are, and, and maybe can't afford the grad school route, right? Like, what are some steps that people can take to um, boost up their professionalism and the value of their position? Yeah. I mean, first, first, absolutely, first step, check it out. Uh, we'll provide the links. Check out the certification because 
I've, I know I've been a little poo-pooing the idea, but I'm not, I'm not against the idea overall, right? And I think there's some merit to it. To it. And so I think it, it deems some research and, and, and some discernment for you to check that out. So check out the links that we post at thechurchpodcast.org and, and see what you can find out more about it. So that would be the first step that I would highly encourage. And I will say this, uh, graduate programs, Chris, require a bachelor's degree. Now, we have people in ministry who don't have a bachelor's degree. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that because, again, you know, if people have the right skills for ministry, it's, the degree doesn't always show that they'll be right for the job. My point in saying if you don't have a bachelor's degree, well, then graduate school is probably out of the picture. Certification becomes much more, uh, much more available, I think. You know? So yeah. I think that's something to consider. But you know, in terms of your own personal and professional growth, it really comes down to, to a couple things. What are you reading? What are you listening to? Who are you hanging out with? Mm. Right? What are you reading? What are you listening to? Who are you hanging out with? Okay, so uh, what, are you list- what are you reading? Read books, not just blogs, folks. Like blogs are valuable. I'm a big fan of blogs. I used to do a lot more blogging. I don't really do much of it now, but I, I used to do a lot of blogging. I think they're really valuable, especially in this society where I just, oh, I want something quick. I want something quick, right? But there's value in sitting down and reading a good ministry book, a good leadership book, um, you know, that's, that's going to, to, to help you grow, okay? So what are you reading? So it's, I, would say, I would say blogs, I would say articles, I would say professional magazines, ministry magazines, and then, of course, books as well. What are you listening to, right? You know, um, podcasts, I, I think are huge. Like I'm listening to podcasts constantly on the go because like I'm listening to my car. I listen to podcasts when I'm folding clothes, Chris, you know, just because it's like I'm folding clothes, it's mundane, right? So I can listen to a podcast and, and I'm learning while I'm folding clothes, right? Make every aspect of your life where you've a university, right? A place of learning, right? So mm-hmm. I can't tell you, I'm, I'm putting dishes away in the dishwasher and I'm listening to podcasts. I'm making my lunch and I'm listening to the podcast. I'm washing dishes. I'm listening to podcasts, right? That's, I, I think that's really valuable. So what are you hear? What are you reading? What are you listening to? And who are you hanging out with? This is where conferences are important. This is where professional networking opportunities, like what you're doing right now, Chris, at the annual membership meeting for mm-hmm. the National Federation for Catholic Youth Ministry, I think is really valuable. Don't underestimate the power of who you know and who you get to surround yourself with. So take advantage of conferences, take advantage of membership meetings, take advantage of opportunities to connect with people who are, who are, are farther along the journey than you are not better than you, but just farther along the journey. And how do you learn from them? Right. That's the power of the, the membership meeting that you're at, Chris, is that that networking is probably the most valuable thing in that meeting. And there's a lot of valuable things in that meeting, but I think that's the most valuable. What are you reading? What are you listening to? Who are you hanging out with? I, I like how you, uh, you broke that down, and uh, I would definitely agree with that as well. The other thing I would say is look for a skill or a, a class or a course that um, would help you in your ministry. So, for example, you know, um, uh, one thing that, that I've done before is sign up for like Fred Pryor seminars, which we've talked about here before. And uh, those are, there's a certification process with that, that a lot of organizations tap into that, but take a couple classes and say like, you know what, I'm going to take a level one, two, three, four, five um, in management, in conflict resolution and, and things along those lines. Right. 
Um, another thing is if, if your parish has the budget for it, um, and this, this maybe is for more of the leadership, uh, go through uh, a Strength Finders or Myers-Briggs or um, what I've done, Core Motivation um, uh, Training, and become certified in that skill because that's going to help you with managing your teams, whether you oversee volunteers or staff, like that's a, another type of certification that maybe you pay a little bit up front, but it gives you a skill that you can continue to use um, in, in that regards. Um, definitely networks as well. Like uh, um, John, I don't know about around you, but in Baltimore, there's the uh, Catholic business network, you know, and that's a organization that you belong to. And, you receive, um, you don't necessarily receive professional development, but you network with people, right? Who you hang out with and you hear people present on different ideas and you learn about new things as well. Um, and then I, I, of course, like I, I have to include Marathon Youth Ministry U, like MYMU. Uh, it's, it's not a certification process, but it's a membership site where uh, for 25 bucks a month, you know, you uh, get um, online courses, monthly coaching, uh, you know, uh, other resources, uh, uh, newsletter, uh, online community and everything. And basically it's a chance for you to, to stay sharp at your own pace, you know? And, and so, um, if you're interested in that, go to marathonyouthministry.com backslash MYMU, um, and, and check that out. And that's, it's mainly for youth ministers and DREs, but, um, anyone else who's interested can definitely check that out as well. All right, John, thanks for making certification sound interesting and uh, <laughs> for sharing your passion. If uh, you are still awake um, after listening <laughs> to this podcast conversation, congratulations, uh, you win a free cookie. No, in all seriousness, though, it, like for some people, it's interesting for others. I get it, you know, but just keep learning, keep grinding. And, and, and we thank you for uh, listening to this podcast because we're hoping that this podcast is contributing to your professional development. And uh, whether or not uh, it is or it isn't, uh, please leave a review um, on our uh, iTunes account. You know, five star would be preferred, uh, but just let us know how we're doing or give us a, a shout out on, on social media. Um, but uh, you can definitely learn more about uh, the church podcast by going to the churchpodcast.org and, and go back and, and listen to a couple of episodes. I know that. Um, the people at the Parish Success Group are looking at compiling some of our episodes as tools to help people grow. So um, if you've got ideas of a couple of uh, episodes that work well together, let us know. We, we would love to, to hear your thoughts on that as well. So yeah, go to the churchpodcast.org uh, to download not just uh, this episode, but previous episodes. Um, if you've got questions, you can email us at questions at the churchpodcast.org. But if you want to reach out to John and not just me, John, how do people get in touch with you? Hey, you can find out everything we're doing with Parish Success Group just by going to our website, parishsuccessgroup.com and, and love to connect with folks, especially on Twitter, at uh, John Ronaldo. And you can find me at allthingsmarathonyouthministry.com or on social media, Marathon Youth Ministry. But John, uh, before we close in prayer, any final thoughts? Um, I would just say this. The reason this episode I think is important is I think it's important for all of us in the field, whether 
wherever we're at in the country or in the world, I think it's important that we know what's happening nationally. And certification is something that's important. It's been moving for over a decade now, if not more. Uh, and, and, and that's why I think this episode is important. So whether you're interested in certification or not, part of our job as professional ministers is to be aware of what's happening around us in the field of ministry and nationally is, is a big piece of that as well as worldwide. But I think that's why this podcast was important. So I, I'm glad, Chris, that you brought this topic up. Up, and I'm glad that we were able to talk about it. And I have to say, I think it was an interesting podcast episode, but you know, I'm biased. Uh. Yeah, that, but that's us. That's us. You know, like we, <laughs> we are, uh, we're the nerds of, uh, you know, church strategy and, and all these things, because that's, that's the way that we believe we can love people and bring people closer to Christ. So um, yeah. So again, reach out to us if you got questions, but thank you for joining us and, and thank you for listening. We love you and uh, let's pray. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for this time uh, with John just to talk about not necessarily certification, Lord, but the value of what we do. Um, And it has value, Lord, because you called us into it. You wouldn't call us into something that doesn't have value, that doesn't mean something. But you're calling us into something that that matters. And, uh, And it's an opportunity, whether paid or not, to grow uh, disciples to grow the church to bear fruit, Lord, that will uh, change the world, have an impact on so many people, create healing and uh, and and love. And and so, Lord, I ask as we uh, continue with our day to day jobs, as we continue with the work that you've called us to, that uh, we remember the value that you've given us, and not just as lay ecclesial or clergy. Uh, Lord, but um, as children of yours, uh, thank you so much for loving us. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.